So we are we're continuing our reset series, and and we're in this series because no matter where you are in your life, there is there is a place that God always wants you to go to. God always has better for you, no matter where you're at. He wants a deeper relationship between the two of you. He wants, uh, he wants your family relationships to be healthy and strong. There is always another level to life that we want to experience, that He wants us to experience. So it's kind of like going from good to great. I mean, you may have just killed it in 2021. Maybe it was an amazing year and life was good, but you just want to move from that good to great. And then... There are some of us that, you know what, if we could just get to good, <laughs> then life would be great. And so we're just trying to get to good. And sometimes we get to a point where we just need to hit reset. And that is what this series is all about. So the first week, Pastor Tammy talked about how to do a hard reset on your life. And then week two, we talked about fasting creates self-control from the inside out. And so that's why we are in this 21 day fast. And so this is day eight of the 21 day fast. And I'm hearing testimony after testimony about how good God is and how people are just pressing into God. And for all of you that are coming to morning prayer, I just wanna say that I know you are receiving an amazing amount from God. And, and every morning we're praying for all of your prayer requests. So if you don't have a prayer request in for us to be praying in every single morning, I wanna encourage you to go to our website, click in, uh, click next steps and then go to prayer and turn in a prayer request. And if you're not coming to morning prayer, Monday through Friday, it's at 7 a.m. before work. Saturday is at 9 a.m. We wanna encourage you, come on out, it's for everybody. And so we are fasting and creating self-control from the inside out these 21 days just to be able to reset the year. And then last week, we talked about a keystone habit that you can create that will affect every other area of your life. And that is don't just attend church, but be the church. I wanna encourage you to step up because God wants more for you. And in order to do that, you gotta take advantage of what your church provides for you. So. We're asking the question, what if you could hit reset, reprioritize, revitalize your life? And the truth is that all of us, we all want a better year this year. We want this year to be better than last year. But the thing is, is that we can't just hope it's a better year. I'm sorry, but you can't just hope a better year into existence. Now, hope is good, but if you are only hoping, I'm sad to tell you, you're gonna be disappointed. And so we have to actually change things about our lives in order for this next year to be better. And God wants to help us with that. And so the small building block of our lives that actually create everything that's around us is our habits. And we have to change our habits if we're gonna have a better year. Sean Covey says it this way. He says, our habits either make us or break us because we, we become what we repeatedly do. And that is so true because there are some of us that look if you look into your past man we were our own worst enemy because of the small habits that got us into trouble and created big outcomes and a lot of us we're doing well we're doing good and if we look at what we're doing in the area of what we're doing good in it's because you we have small repeating good habits you see, our life is the sum total of our habits. 
And a new year is a great time to really question, to interrogate, and to reestablish a lot of our habits and really just look at those things. In, in fact, half of people make New Year's resolutions, but up to 80% will actually give up by mid-February. So literally in a month, 80% of people are gonna give up any kind of resolutions that they made. And only 8% of people actually keep their resolutions until the end of the year. And so when you crunch all these numbers, what it means is you and I, we have a 92% chance this year that this year will not be any better than last year. 92% chance that this year is gonna be the same or worse than last year if our life are made up of the same habits that we had last year. And so only 8% of us will actually change anything through changing our habits. And when I read that, man, that was a, that was a painful statistic. I thought, I gotta do something about this. And this is why you and I have to do something different this year than we did last year. And habits are a huge part of that. And did, did you know that Jesus actually had habits? The Bible talks about some of his habits. In Luke 5, 16, it says, Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. You see, he had prayer habits. It was his habit that he would withdraw into quiet places so that he could pray. And then in Luke 4, 16, Jesus, he had church habits. It says, on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue as was his custom. As a custom, we're talking about just a habitual practice that he had. So his habitual practice on the Sabbath to actually, was to actually go to church on a weekly basis. So Jesus had habits. Paul also had church habits as well. Acts 17, two says, as it was his custom, speaking of Paul, this was his habit. Paul went to church. He went to the synagogue. It was his habit to go to church. We talked about that last week, that you wanna not just attend church, but you actually want to be the church. You wanna prioritize church. And so we have some models in our Bible that we wanna model after. And they're good habits. And we not only wanna have good habits, but how many of you have some bad habits that you could give up? Yeah, me too. And so the Bible talks about that in James 1. It says, therefore get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word that is planted in you, which can save you. And so what this is talk about is getting rid of bad habits, wicked conduct, just different things like that. And so we all have bad habits that we know we need to get rid of. I have bad habits that I know I need to overcome. And so the question becomes, why is it that most of us don't actually change our habits even though we know we need to and actually we really want to? We wanna change our habits as well. Well, I think there are a couple of reasons that I believe that we don't change our habits. And number one is this. I think we underestimate the power of small changes in our life. You see, change, it usually happens just a little bit of a time or a little bit at a time over a period of time. And so we underestimate these big moments and we, and we underestimate small daily improvements. For example, in your marriage, if you need your marriage to go from good to great, or maybe you just need to get to good in your marriage, we try to do these like these silver bullet, you know, type things where we expect one vacation to fix everything, or we expect to go to the counselor one time just and hoping that it'll fix everything, or one marriage conference that will change everything in our marriage. 
versus the consistent, small, daily things that we actually underestimate in a relationship. I can't tell you how much better your relationships, your romantic relationships, or even for those of you that are not married, you're just dating maybe, how good your relationships would be if you would just, for instance, simply compliment them on a regular basis. Every time I see them, I'm gonna find something to compliment. And that's easy when you're dating, but when you've been married for 10, 20, 30 years, then, okay, that kind of, we lose track of that and how important that that is. So simply compliment your spouse or that special someone uh, or buy them their favorite drink on the way home, just a small little thing. Just talk about the little things or allow them to talk about what's important to, to them. Or when you're wrong, just simply apologize. Just small, simple thing. You could join a team together. I mean, at, at church, you could serve alongside of each other. Just small, simple things. Offer to help with the daily chores or simply have dinner together. If we all would make these small incremental changes, changes over a long period of time over this silver bullet, this big grandiose thing, I'm telling you, we underestimate the power of small changes. Another example is your finances. We all wanna win the lottery or buy the right crypto that's just gonna explode. Or, you know, we're, maybe we're watching ads on YouTube that says, hey, you know, do you wanna make $8 million in one day sitting on the couch eating Cheetos? I mean, you've seen the commercials as well. Versus actually just put a little bit aside each month for, you know, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years for, or your career. You know, you know, if I just had one great quarter, that would put me over, you know, that that's going to put me where I need to be or, or this next big promotion, or we start jumping from job to job, just trying to find that one, that one perfect job that's going to pay us more as opposed to showing up early and leaving late every day, always double checking your work, making sure it's right, turning stuff in on time or maybe even just taking the little thing that your boss hates to do, take it off of her plate. You see, these are the small things that over a long period of time actually make people successful, but we totally underestimate them. We underestimate the daily incremental changes that will actually make us better over time. And look at this, Luke 16, 10, Jesus said, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. So we all want much, but we don't wanna do the little things in our lives that over a long haul make incremental changes. You see, small changes are how big change actually happen. And I, and I think another reason why we struggle to change our habits when that's really what we wanna do is this, that we give up too quickly because we don't see change fast enough. We are impatient. You see, change happens like a hockey stick on a graph. It's not gradual because at the beginning you don't see any change. But at the very end, it looks like overnight success. But actually you've been doing the right things, the right small things over and over and over. And most people quit early because they don't see any change. I mean, how many Bible characters do we have? that just kept on pushing through the valleys of disappointment over and over and over. You've got David that just kept pressing on. Abraham, who as far as having children, uh, you know, year after year after year, no child, but he kept pressing on. Daniel, enslaved by a whole nother nation, just kept pressing on and being excellent every day, small incremental improvements. 
It's easy to read all those stories and actually miss the, the years and the years and the years that went by before they ch- saw the change that they're looking for. I mean, we forget how many years that they were faithful in the little things and they didn't give up quickly because they didn't see the change that they wanted to see fast enough. Watch this, Galatians 6, 9. Paul encourages us. He says, let us not become weary in good doing for at the proper time, at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if you do not give up. So don't become weary in the small things and doing good. Don't get weary. And if you don't give up, I'm telling you, you will reap a harvest. For example, we talked about last week that church, just making church a priority. And here's the thing, if that, maybe that's one of your new habits this year is, you know what, we're gonna go on a regular basis. You know, I've been a few times, but now we're gonna be there every Sunday. Well, you can't get discouraged if you don't know this change after four weeks. You see, we confess every week because of the word of God, I will never be the same. We did it, we did it this morning at the beginning. And you might say, well, Mike, I mean, isn't that a little presumptuous that we'll never be the same after every single message? Well, actually, no, because the word changes us even if we don't see it yet. It is inside of us and it's making those changes. And any commitment you make to hearing the word, reading the word, memorizing the word, meditating on the word, it's gonna make a change even if you don't see it yet. It's like the one-year Bible. If you keep reading it every day, listening to it every day, I guarantee that you will see change for the better for your life. Because Hebrews 4.12 says this, for the word of God, it's alive, it's active. You see, the word of God is powerful. It's actually effective to change you. And you, yes, you need to commit to be here and hear the word of God, but it's gotta be bigger than that. You've gotta have small daily doses of it as well. And then reason three that I think we don't get the change that we're looking for. And, and this is the main point for today is this, is that we usually start with do instead of who. That's right. We start with do instead of who. Now, let me explain what I mean by that. So experts tell us that there are three levels of change, okay? And here are, this represents the three levels of change. And so it's three circles that are nested inside of each other. And this represents the three different types of change. And the first type of change is basically, what am I gonna do? And these are the results that I want. When you think about your New Year's resolutions, it's like, you know, I'm gonna lose 30 pounds this year, or I'm gonna read through the Bible in a year. I'm gonna do it this time. I'm gonna get in the gym, or I'm gonna get out of debt. This is what I'm going to do. And then the next level of change is how. Okay, so this is how I'm gonna accomplish what I want to do, the result, those are results. So this is the systems and the habits that I wanna put into place. You know, if I wanna lose weight, I gotta get in the gym three times a week, um, or I wanna read through the New Testament, um, you know, first, and so I'm gonna get on this Bible reading plan and I'm gonna create a habit, whatever it is. And then the third letter, letter of, or the level of change is the bullseye, and this is who. This is your identity, who you are, okay? These are the beliefs and the values that you have that actually change and lead you to the deepest level of change in your life, okay? And so where does everybody start when they wanna change? They start with do right here instead of who. 
They start with the goals that they wanna set and the systems and habit that we wanna get in place. And then we just hope that we become a different person. You see, this is the direction that almost everybody does it. And I'm telling you, it is a massive mistake. And here's why. Because your identity is what actually drives your behaviors. And what God wants to tell us and, and get into us, I'm gonna show it to you in scripture in a minute, is that if you really wanna see change in your life in this next year, you've gotta start with who over do. You're gonna start with your identity and you're gonna change who you are before you ever decide how or what you do. And so listen, all three levels of this are important. I mean, I'm the biggest proponent of goal setting that you'll ever find, and I'm huge on habits. But I'm just telling you, start in the center as opposed to on, from the outside. And a lot of times we're starting from the outside, trying to fix what we do. And the truth is, is that we need to get onto the inside of the circle and we need to change who we are. And if we change who we are, we will actually change how we think and how we believe about ourselves. And, the, and your identity is what drives your how and then your do. Your, your identity drives your behavior. So what you believe about yourself will determine your actions. I said, what you believe about yourself, it will come out. It's gonna determine your actions from the inside out. So here's what we wanna do. And this is the big idea for today. So when you're looking to reset your life, start with who overdue. I'm gonna say that again. Start with who overdue. Goal setting and habits, they are important and they will shape your life. But you have to work on that from the inside out. For example, let's say somebody is trying to quit smoking and they're offered a cigarette. So person one says, um, I'm trying to quit. Well, they've identified that they are a smoker who is trying to quit. Now, per, let's say person two says, no, thank you, I don't smoke. So what they have done is they have changed their identity. I am not a smoker. They have changed, they will begin to change from the inside out by changing what they believe about themselves, changing who they are by changing their thought life. You see, change starts with who overdue. So look at Romans 12 too. Paul, uh, he, he explains it and he instructs us, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind, the inside. What he's simply saying is, if you wanna change your do, don't be conformed to the pattern of this world. So he's telling you what to do, but then he's gonna tell you how to get there from the inside out. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So it actually starts with the mind and then he says, you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So if you wanna do God's good, pleasing, and perfect will, then what you do is you change your mind, you renew your mind, which conforms you to the pattern of, the, uh, to, of God and not the world. So, and this term, com conform to the pattern, that phrase is just one word. And here's what it means. It means to shape one's behavior by a pattern. So it's speaking to a pattern of behavior, or in other words, habits. So what it's saying is don't shape your behavior by the pattern or the habits of this world. Don't shape your behavior by the habits of the world you live in, 
but instead be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, that word mind in the Greek, it actually means this, beliefs and values that lead you to act in certain ways. So what Romans 12, 2 is actually telling us is that we have to start with who we are and not just what we do because our actions are derived from the image that we have of ourselves. So this year, I wanna encourage all of us, start with who over do. And so your first step in 2022 is to not write do goals, but write who goals. So we wanna write who goals before our do goals. And listen, in order to write who goals, this, there's a small exercise that is really good, that can really help you. And I wanna take you through it. Imagine that you're at the end of your life and it's your funeral. And so the question is this, what do you want people to say about your future? What is it that you want your, or about your funeral or at your funeral? What do you want your spouse, your children? What is it that you want people uh, that your, are your friends or your, or your family to stay about you? to say about you. Not, only, not necessarily what you did, but who you were. Here's another question. What do you hope people say about you behind your back? And then after you think about these things, go ahead and make a list. And in this list will be your who goals. And I'll give you a few things for me as I did this exercise. So it's this. I hope that they say I was a caring husband, that I was a supportive father to my son, a loyal friend, a loving pastor, and at the same time being a strong leader. I hope that people say that I was willing to invest myself into other people, that I was a man of character and integrity, and that I was courageous and daring, but while at the same time being able to be responsible. See, these are just some of the things that I hope people say about me. And so this is my who list, my who goals. And so then the next question is, so how do we bring these things to pass? How do we make sure that these are the things that people say about me? Well, here's the thing. How do I make sure that I do these things? Because people recognize you by what you do on the outside. So let's go back to Romans chapter two. Remember, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but, so this is how I'm gonna be transformed by the renewing, of my mind from the inside out. So what I wanna do is I wanna do everything I can to actually feed myself on these things. So I'm gonna consume scriptures as well as other material on being a caring husband, a supporting father, uh, on relationships, on being a, a powerful mentor, a strong leader, a caring pastor. I'm gonna invest in books and I'm gonna read scriptures and memorize scriptures on caring for other people. Like for instance, this one, Hebrews 10, 24 says, let us continue, consider how to stir up one another and to love and good works. That's what I wanna do. Uh, not neglecting meeting together, like coming to church. Uh, or, or meetups, as is the habit of some. See, some people have the habit of skipping church when it doesn't feel good or, or that, or that it's, it's cold outside or whatever it is. And so, but what he's saying, don't do that, but instead encourage one another all the more as you see the, the day drawing near. This is who I wanna be. And so I memorize the scripture and I meditate on it. I wanna stir up other people to good works. I wanna encourage other people. I wanna make us meeting together a habit. 
And so I'm gonna feed myself this scripture. I'm gonna meditate on it. I'm gonna script, I'm gonna memorize it until it becomes my who. And then that will determine my how and my do from the inside out. I have to understand that my who is gonna, is gonna drive my do. So if I do all these things, if I wanna do all these things, I have to feed myself all these things because once again, your identity, your who will drive your behavior. So start with who and not do. You might say, hey, Micah, man, I got a lot going on. Uh, this is all great, but I don't have times to, time to read books or listen to books or going to marriage conferences or parenting meetups. And look, I wanna be a good parent. I wanna be a good spouse, but I just hope that happens. <laughs> well, let me ask you this question. Do you understand what's at stake if you are not who you wanna be? Your relationship with your spouse, your relationship with your parents, your relationship with your children, some of your students, your relationship you know, with your parents or your friends. Are you feeding yourself? Are you, lead, are you taking in material to help you be your best? But the question is, do we understand what's at stake if we don't step up and be who God made us to be? Because if we don't step up and feed our spirits so that we believe that we are who God made us to be, there are many families that are falling apart simply because somebody didn't take the time to feed their spirit from the inside out so that they could start with their who, so that later they could do. So men, fathers, I wanna ask you, what's at stake with your children? Or, or husbands, what's at stake with your wife? Or women, do you understand what is at stake if you are not who you wanna be, who God made you to be as a wife? What's at stake? As a mom, what's at stake? And students and singles, I'm telling you, this is so important for you. As you craft your future, you'll realize that you have to change your values and your beliefs of who you are. And if you will do that, that is gonna automatically lead you to behave in certain ways, to be certain ways. And so what are your who goals that you wanna put into place this year? What are some systems or some habits that would help you reach your goal? I just wanna encourage you this week. What are some of your who goals? And just pick one or two and just bite, bite little things off. Like we said at the beginning, some of the reasons why we don't change our habits is because we underestimate the power of small changes. And we give up too quickly because we don't see change fast enough. So pouring into yourself, feeding your own heart and your own spirit, it takes a while, but you have to be consistent and it will pay off. So will you decide who you wanna be and then play, and then develop a belief in yourself of who God made you to be so that you can do the amazing things that God had you to do. Let's pray together. Father, I pray that I just thank you for how you made us and, what, and how you have orchestrated all this. And I thank you for who you made us to be in Christ. And we just believe that. And so I pray right now that each and every one of us, as we begin to meditate on and think about who you've created us to be, and also as we think about who we want to be. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you would lead us, direct us, and not only who we want to be, but also how we feed our spirit in order to actually become who you called us to be and who we want to be. We love you, and we thank you 
for your word and everything that you're doing in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.